This is episode number 39 with the CEO of Mogul, Tiffany Pham. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, it is my mission to bring you empowering people and messages to help you learn anything and take control of your life while fulfilling your vision of success. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, and school is now in session. All right, my friends, we've got a big guest today, and her name is Tiffany Pham. Tiffany is the founder and CEO of Mogul, one of the largest platforms for women worldwide, enabling them to connect, share information, and access knowledge. A coder, she developed the first version of Mogul, now reaching 18 million women per week in 196 different countries across the world. Tiffany was named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 in media, Business Insider's 30 Most Important Women Under 30 in technology, Elle Magazine's 30 Women Under 30 Who Are Changing the World, SE's Top 100 Social Entrepreneurs, and New York Business Journal's Women of Influence. She is a recipient of the Cadillac Ivy Innovator Award, Smart CEO Magazine's Smart CEO Award, Alice Paul's Equality Award, Digital Diversity Network's Innovation and Inclusion Award for Social Entrepreneurship, Good Housekeeping's Awesome Women Award, and a Tribeca Disruptive Innovation Awards Fellow. Tiffany is also a judge on the TLC TV show Girl Starter and previously worked at CBS, HBO, Credit Suisse, and Goldman Sachs. She speaks at the United Nations, Microsoft, Hearst, Viacom, Bloomberg, the New York Times, AOL, Scripps Research Institute, Prudential, Harvard Business School, Wharton Business School, and many other profile events across Paris, Vienna, Berlin, and many other places. She's also the co-author of From Business Strategy to Information Technology Roadmaps, a practical guide for executives and board members. And if that's not enough, she also graduated from Harvard and Yale Business Schools. Now with her new book called You Are a Mogul, she's teaching people how to do the impossible, do it ourselves, and do it right now. Now, Tiffany and I covered a wide range of topics today. Everything from how to network so that the relationship doesn't seem transactional, all the way to accelerating success with the perfect partner and how to grow in the same direction of your partner and how to tell first and foremost if this is somebody that you can grow with. We talked a lot about love actually and we got very vulnerable, very candid, sharing some extremely personal stories from our own lives and our own relationships. We took turns sharing these stories and I know you're really going to enjoy those parts because we did our best to really paint the picture, set the scene, and make it seem as magical as it really was when we experienced it. Again, some very personal stories, some stories that Tiffany maybe hasn't shared before in any of her previous interviews. And she's done a lot of interviews on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, you name it. She's done a lot of interviews. And we really opened up to each other. And by the end of it, I made a new friend. I'm so excited 
to see where uh, my relationship with Tiffany, how that develops over time. We really have a lot of value that we can offer each other. And, and her gentle, loving kindness is so evident in everything she says and does. So much so that she has earned incredible praise from extremely high-level individuals like Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary said, Becoming an entrepreneur is tough, and I encourage all who are on the journey to be self-aware and use resources to help your hustle match your ambition. You are a mogul is one of those tools. That's what Gary Vaynerchuk said about her new book, You Are a Mogul. This has been one of my favorite interviews to date. And without further ado, here is the one, the only, Tiffany Fan. All right, Tiffany Fan, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been super excited to talk to you because you just have so much content everywhere, all over the internet. You're very, very relevant. Thank you so much, Jordan. So excited to be here with you and have this conversation. So impressed by you as well. And I'm excited about what we'll be talking about soon. Certainly, yeah. I, I, we're going to jump right into it because in, I believe, the first chapter of your book, really good book, by the way, You Are a Mogul, you had a quote that really just stuck with me. When you are willing to let go of your hard and fast notions of where life is supposed to take you, you open up to all the other opportunities that might be right around the corner. And I think that's something that I struggle with. We, uh, and, and maybe many people, because we have these stories. We, we're master storytellers. We love uh, creating these stories surrounding our lives. And, and it, it's, it's good and bad. It's bad where we get too attached to certain expectations and, and outcomes in our career, in our uh, finances, in our, our romantic life, our relationships. Um, I find my expectations sabotaging me uh, many times in, in many areas of my life. How is it so, and it's, I don't think it's as simple as, I always say like it, like I, it resonates with me, but how how do you just how do you just let go of those expectations? How does one do that? It's not as easy, easy as just saying it. Yeah, such a good question. I think what's important to keep in mind is your overall happiness, your overall why, your overall purpose. Typically, that love, that passion, that purpose, that why is anchored over an overall picture of you and who you want to be and what you hope to accomplish. And so you can have that set. You can have a good idea of what you want to be and you know who you want to be and what you want to do. But I think what I'm trying to express is that along the way, there will be many paths to get there. And something that I've done along the way is taken many paths simultaneously to get there. Um, I've taken on multiple jobs at any given moment so as to continue accelerating myself personally, professionally, so as to discover the side alleys along the way that were much more exciting and adventurous than the main path ahead. I think that's what I meant. You know, ultimately, for example, 
I wanted to create a company one day. That was what I hoped for, to be an entrepreneur. But more so, I wanted to bring something to the world, similar to how my grandmother had brought to her society. She had been this incredible woman who had brought opportunities to those around her in need, and I wished to do the same. It was a broad picture of what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. And so therefore, along the way, I found many ways to get there. I first determined for myself that perhaps I could find the path by perhaps dealing with international diplomacy or perhaps media. I had that question in mind throughout college. In fact, I studied economics and international studies at that time. But then along the way, realized that perhaps media was more the route for me. It seemed more of the route in which I could take a lot of action and through that action, results could occur quickly. So I ended up going through the media route in some way. And what I mean by that is I ended up taking side gigs, becoming the check-in girl of an off-Broadway production. I ended up editing articles for a man who had helped discover Lady Gaga and manage Britney Spears. I ended up then working for his best friend who was the president of BBC. And then I ended up working for one of the presidents of HBO and presidents of CBS. And then all of a sudden ended up taking side jobs at night too, working for the vice mayor of Beijing and producing feature films with A-list talent in Hollywood. And all these jobs were like happening nearly simultaneously. Again, all these side alleys that were much more interesting than the main path ahead of becoming an entrepreneur right away, immediately. But because I took all those side alleys, then I developed such incredible friendships and, and learned so much from the best of the best. And then from that emerged an even better path ahead because of that. Which, yes, which is mogul. And so you've created this platform with millions of users and it seem, seems as if the website, once it was released, took off overnight. How does one how does one do that? Because I I mean I've had a website for for two years now, and it's a, for me it's a slow meandering process. There's been a lot of progress, but it's slow and meandering. How how did that happen? I don't even understand. It's like it's the opposite of like what everyone says. You know, it's a slow process. Everyone says it takes all this stuff takes time, but it happened for you in that first week. Millions of users. Yeah, absolutely. Well. To be fair to everyone who said that to you, actually it did take me many years as well because ultimately I did have this idea for Mogul when I was 14 years old. And I decided along the way that, again, I would take out all these jobs and, and you know, along the way, therefore, developed a ton of friendships as mentioned. And what happened was that one day I ended up finding myself written about in different magazines. And these magazines would put my email address and then we get emails from all around the world from young women asking me for help and advice on how to get these jobs too. So all of a sudden I had young women from all around the world asking me for help and I would write back and they would tell me my letter had changed their life. And so that's when I decided that we needed a platform like this out there. One that instead of requiring us to write behind the scenes one-to-one would enable us instead to have millions of us share our obstacles and challenges and struggles and then from that be able to share our ideas and opportunities amongst each other and become that much better and stronger together. Real conversations, raw advice. Anyways, as I thought of this concept over the years and then subsequently realized that perhaps I could be the one to create this 
myself. Perhaps I could teach myself how to code at night after all my jobs were done for the day. Since I was working three jobs at once, then at 3 a.m. I would clear the kitchen table, teach myself Ruby on Rails, and after a couple of weeks, I built the first version of mobile. And so by then I had a couple of you know thousand women writing to me, following me online, and so they became the first people that I sent the link out to when Mogul, the first iteration of it, was done. And so it did explode immediately, but it was because of that early community that I'd harnessed along the way that I'd built and cultivated for years prior to that. And then it continued because of one other thing, which I mentioned in the book. Um, but that is that uh, several years back, I had heard another founder uh, talk about how when you start your own platform, you should become its super user. And mm. for some reason, it's a simple concept. And like, of course, you should use your own tool and platform. But when I started Mogul, I repeated that concept to myself over and over again. I would like literally say it out loud, I need to become a super user. So after I created it and it already kind of exploded because of this community that had already come to cherish this concept from being with me for so long, um, when I ended up having mogul and it was kind of already a little bit thriving, I became a super user because of one thing, which is that at the time I had been going through heartbreak. Around the time of mogul's launch, I had been with someone for a very long time and he made me choose mogul or marry him, essentially. And I chose mogul. And I was heartbroken and depressed for the first six months of mogul, therefore. And I would pour that negativity, that sadness, that, that heartbreak into being a super user on the platform. And so literally, I would post about my heartbreak as a super user. I would talk about all caps, do not get married, unless you ask your partner these 15 questions. And as a result, every single time I would post, the women of the platform, the, the women of my community after all these years would come to my support. And the post would therefore reach 13 million views, 11 million views. Every single time I'd post about heartbreak and depression or you know, all the sorrow I was feeling because of this breakup. Um, anyways, as a result, that's why that early community led to more momentum via the support around this content and the content drove continued virality. And, and then from there, I was a junior coder. So, right, I had barely taught myself how to code by this point. But I did use a tool from addthis.com. It's a website that enabled you to embed all sorts of widgets to enable virality and sharing. So at the heyday right now of Facebook, um, this, this moment in time was when Facebook was driving a lot of traffic through share, sharing and word of mouth. I was able to embed a bunch of widgets and that enabled the momentum even further. And then thereafter, so not only was I with now an early audience with then content that was driving the momentum, but then also products that were also driving the momentum. But then I myself was driving the momentum offline too. Every single person I would talk to, I would let them know where we were at and what we needed next. And the reason why I did that was because I had read an article from a fellow founder who had said that when you needed something, one of the ways to drive momentum for your startup was to like mention it to everybody. Every time you talk to someone, just mention it because you never knew how the end of the conversation would end. It would probably lead to another resource, another connection, another investor. And so I tried that and it was absolutely true. 
every single conversation I would have, I would mention what we were up to, what we needed next, and someone would introduce me to the next investor, the next advisor, the next resource, the next partner, press, etc. And so from that, momentum would build, and then it led to just so much momentum across clients and investors and partners and press, and that just overall led to the continued growth of mobile. Very cool. So something I've really been excited to talk to you about is um, you were talking about that heartbreak and it's something uh, that really cripples me. I am what you would call a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I, I <laughs> and, and, and I've done all for, for the most part, I've, you know, everything I've, I've done, I've, I've been riding solo. I've done all this stuff. But lately it's been, I've been thinking, you know, it might be cool to share these experiences with somebody. And I think I've been saying a lot lately as well, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's something you touch on sort of in your book as well. Accelerate your growth with your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend. And I just, I just think that would be the coolest thing ever. But at the same time, I'm not just settling with, with, you know, who, who, just some random person. It's got to be the right. It's got to be the right, the right match. Because you've been in relationships where uh, your partner will hold you back. Um, you know, it's mogul or me, right? And, and it seems like it seems like now you're in a very healthy relationship. But, but these are these are also things that you can't really force. You know what I mean? It just, it just kind of happens. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I love that quote. I'm going to like memorize it, what you just said, and that I will credit it to you. I think I love <laughs> the words were so wise. Um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with someone. I think that's beautiful. Go together. Um, I think I totally agree with that. Actually, someone that um, has inspired me as an investor in mogul and was an early user of Mogul is Gary Vaynerchuk. And yes. he actually posted something on Mogul early on that was about how he, you know, was always thinking throughout his twenties and et cetera, that he should just focus and therefore he didn't have time for relationships. But then he met his wife Lizzie and then he started to realize that actually having her when it was the right person actually opened up his headspace and actually let him focus even more and accelerate even further. And that's definitely the lessons that I've taken you know, from my early on relationships as well. When it was with the wrong people, it would distract me in fact, because they belittled me or you know, found ways to knock me down. And as a result, you know, I would, because of that, they hoped I would want to spend more time with them because I wasn't as successful or whatever. Um, so that was why therefore my unsupportive partners um, oftentimes probably end up, up, you know, not being the right people for me and simultaneously ended up probably taking away from what could have been on the more professional side too. But along the way, yeah, I didn't force it. And what happened was that, in fact, I went the opposite route. I not only didn't force it, but I actually didn't leave my house for like a whole year. Um, I know this is going to be a funny story. So you're going to be the first to hear it because I actually have <laughs> Um, so what happened was that 
um, what happened was that I was working with Mogul and writing multiple books at the same time. Uh, you Are Mogul is one of the first of a series of books to come out <laughs> shortly after. We have Girl Mogul coming out next April, which is for high schoolers and middle schoolers to become moguls at the earliest stages of their lives. And there will be more books thereafter. But anyways, because of the timelines at which point children's books have to be done and other books have to be done, all the books ended up having to be finished at the exact same time, even though they were going to be published at different dates. Mm. There was, so there was about a year, several years back now, where I was not leaving my house. I was literally just on my couch, writing multiple books, editing multiple books at the same time. I can I, relate. <laughs> yeah, really hard. <laughs> I really respect authors. I mean, they go through so much. Here I was writing multiple ones. So I didn't leave my house except for three times in one year. And the third time, for some reason, I was like, I have to, I have to go out. I have to see my friend Lauren and we should go out to this one place in West Village called the happiest hour. It's a place I sometimes go to. So I go there that night for some reason, because my gut's telling me we have to be there. And there's a long line too. And, and we still decide, no, we've got to be there. We're going to wait in this line. And then um, there's a, you know, an entire like group around the area to order drinks and I just want food but instead of being in the food area we wait near this drink area so like a bunch of different decisions that night that were really fateful because they were really odd decisions they were really spontaneous yeah. decisions simultaneously the man I'm with and with now um, was getting on a plane um, he had just come back from leading operations for a company uh, a global company leading their expansion in India had just decided to leave his job in India to then start a new role within the U.S. with a new uh, medical company and for some reason was in tr training with this company for just a few days and that day was his last day of training and he was already on the plane to return to Florida where he actually lives now and when he got on the plane with his baggage already checked he actually had a gut instinct, no, he should get off. There was something mm -hmm. telling him like, he should get off this plane, uncheck his bags, ask the staff please to give him his baggage back and then head to New York and then go to that bar and then stand where I was standing. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so there was like so, so little probability that we would meet, but it happened. And this person ended up being my 100% match. We are mm. so like we have the same religious views, political views, food tastes, preferences, views of family and values and the way we work. And yeah, it just happens at some point that you will meet someone who's so aligned with you. And there will be many people probably in life that are aligned with you, but someone along the way will be the one that will lift you up and, and support you and, and be the one that you can go far with. Yeah. Okay. So I will tell you then. I, I, you just shared that story. You, you, you got a little bit vulnerable. I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable too. Um, so it was, I guess uh, about three weeks ago now, I met this woman in the Bahamas. Uh, just, just a total like chance, chance thing. Um, not, not Nassau, but like Exuma, the Bahamas. It, you know, far less commercialized, you know, it's like one resort on this tiny remote island. And it was just amazing. It's like this resort of nine houses. And it turned out she was right next to me. She was my next door neighbor. And, uh, and, and on my 21st birthday, I was playing pool with my dad. And, uh, 
and my dad beat me and you know I'm the birthday boy so he let me stay up <laughs> <laughs> and so this this woman comes over and she goes want to play I'm like yeah sure and she crosses me after the first game and and you know she's want to play again and she crosses me after second game want to play again <laughs> and you know second third game I start realizing like okay you know wait even with my parents there it was like I was getting enough indicators of interest to like you know, turn on my game around my parents, you know? <laughs> and um, so, you know, she crushed me a third game, want to play again. I'm like, okay, she doesn't want this interaction to end. Fourth game crushes me. And, uh, you know, this song comes on, Rapper's Delight. It's this old school rap song. And, um, and she knows every word and we start dancing to it. And, uh, and, and two and a half minutes into the song, she looks up to me, uh, looks up at me and she goes, are you ready? And fine, are you ready to leave? And um, we go out to the dock and it was just the most magical thing ever. It, we, we were out on the dock the next night as well. And we, I've never seen a shooting star in my life. We saw at least 10 shooting stars, ones that would leave trails. The pictures that I have in my head are just mesmerizing. It just, it was just an incredible, the whole thing was out of a movie. I swear to God, I was like waiting. I was like looking around, like are the, are the cameras gonna pop out of here, you know? And so it's not just that, it's, it's that this woman is the single most joyful human being I've met in my entire life. And, and while I'm still learning about her, um, I, I don't know yet. I, I'm saying it, it all looks good. We have very similar interests. She's a mover and shaker, someone who can accelerate my growth. I, I, would, I would think, again, I, I'm, I'm eager to learn more about this woman and, 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 now my problem here is is that I tend to I tend to like get ahead of myself. You know what I mean? How do I so Tiffany, how do I not blow this? I <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, she lives less than two hours from me. I just saw her yesterday, actually. We made the we successfully made the transition from vacation to uh back in the States hanging out. So how do I not blow this? And and, <laughs> and how do I how do I go about seeing if, th if this is really someone that I can grow with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think this is amazing, a spontaneous encounter that has left a lasting impression and that could flourish into a full relationship that you know, is full of love and, and going to be so amazing over the years. I think to not get ahead of yourself though, I think what you could do is at least continue to spend time together and let her know of how you feel, that you feel that you have a very beautiful connection mm. and love to continue seeing each other. And then, you know, I think with the long distance, something that you have to establish is kind of, you know, a framework kind of to operate so that you don't have misaligned expectations because as you noted at the very beginning of our talk, like misaligned expectations is what ruins all. Um, so I think, you know, establishing a framework of like communication so that you guys can talk on a regular basis, continue to learn about each other, continue to grow together as a result is going to be what enables you to not blow it, but instead have an incredible relationship along the way. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I'm excited as well. It's, but, but I don't, I, I don't ask for anything. I just, I just, I just pray we see it through and, you know, see what we have. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not attached to any one outcome. 
I'm open to all outcomes. I could be totally wrong about it. Or who, who knows, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's the best way to be. To not have no expectations then. That's simply mm. that you're excited to, where, to see where it goes and see where it grows. So last question about this then. Here's the kicker. She, we're, we're at very different stages of our life. She is actually nine years older than me. Amazing. And, and so this, this is very, very different for me. That's where we're kind of, we had this honest conversation yesterday. Um, and that's her concern that we're at different stages of our life. And I said, Hey, just give me, <laughs> give me a chance. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, she, she, she knows everything I've got going on, but how do I, do you think, this is, this is, I'm speaking really candidly. I'm actually surprising myself right now. I probably shouldn't be talking about this on the podcast, but, but I am. <laughs> Hope she doesn't hear it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like, I, I, obviously it's easy for me to say like, oh, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I mean, I graduated in a year and a half, less than a year and a half and from school. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. Do you think it's a big deal? I don't think we're at two. I don't think our stages are very different. No, you know, I think, um, just to give you some anecdotes, my father and mother are, I think, six or seven years apart, and mm. it's my mother who's older. Um, you know, she met my father when he was 17, she was 24. And my sister, too, was with someone who was six years older. I mean, she was the one who was six years older, and her person was younger. And they had a beautiful four- to five-year relationship. And at some point, it did turn out that their life stages were a bit different, and that was what ended up leading to the break. But for the four years, it was a beautiful one that they learned so much from, and it was amazing. My parents, after 45 years, are mm. still together. So it, it depends on the couple, but at the end of the day, what I'm trying to drive at is that everyone, depend, age is just a number. It really is about your frame of mind, and look at you, you're incredible. Like you actually already probably are much more mature than almost most of my own peers at, at like age 30. So, well, thank you, Tiffany. You know, so I feel like you're so ahead mentally and you know, emotionally that um, you, you know, very well are probably at the same life stage as she is at and, and her peers are at, so she should give you the chance. Hey, <laughs> maybe, maybe I hope she is listening. <laughs> hey, if it's right, it's right. If it's not, it's not. At the end of the day, it's all that matters. And yeah, yeah if, it's, if it's right, it's right. Um, so it's funny, you touch on then uh, in your book, I thought it was really funny. I, something that I'm totally going to start using for myself when, when you, in, in environments where people, I mean, because you're 31 now, but in, in, when in environments where um, you were like the youngest person in the room by far. Uh, you would just joke around and be like, yeah, I'm 40. <laughs> and then you'd go even further. You'd be like, you can't, you just can't tell because I'm Asian. <laughs> and, and that's something that's so I'm, I'm just going to start, you know, uh, infusing that humor into, cause I have a lot of situations that are like that as well, where I'm the youngest person by far. And it feels like I don't really belong, you know? Absolutely. No, I'm so glad that that resonated with you. And I found that, most of my most accomplished friends who are indeed, you know, in their younger years, such as 20, 21 or, or so, have told me that that was part of the book that resonated with them the most. That 
Yeah, absolutely. They've been discriminated against because of age. And so they didn't know how quite to cover it up. And that was something I faced all through my 20s. Because I was always doing what was the equivalent of people doing, you know, in their 30s or 40s and or sometimes even 50s and 60s. But I never let that stop me. I never let age be anything than just a number. And so as a result, I was doing so much. And uh, I wanted everyone to give me the chance. And sometimes when there would be others, yeah, who would ask me how old I was, um, even if they didn't mean anything by it, but they were just curious, I still felt this, this knot in my stomach to actually say how old I was. And so therefore, the best way to diffuse it was to just say, can't you just tell? I'm 40 years old. Which is funny because I actually looked like at the time, being Asian, I actually look like even now that I'm like 15 years old. So I know. So you can imagine your reactions when I would say it's 40. Uh, <laughs> it was, it's a lot of laughter. So definitely feel free to use it. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Um, you're probably someone like me as well in the fact that um, a lot of my, I tend to get along very well with people that are twice my age. Yeah. I, everyone, and everyone knows it about me. They're like, Jordan, you just get along so much better with people that are older than you. It's, but I'm an old soul in a way, but then there's this, this delicate balance where I always say, I'm never going to grow up at 90 years old. I'm going to be asking myself, what am I, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, I, I'm always going to be a kid. I'm always going to have that childlike innocence and just enjoy life. But getting out, but I get along with older people as well. I do feel, do you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all throughout my 20s, I felt like I I got along really well with those who were eventually at that time my mentors and then over time became my actually close and dear friends because I got along with them so well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in a way, therefore, um, did oftentimes feel like, again, I was the youngest person in the room because most of the people I was with were in their 40s or 50s. Um, that was just, yeah, I think potentially because you know, we had always big dreams, you and I and the listeners on today, today's show are probably all big thinkers, big dreamers. And as a result, we've accelerated ourselves since we were young kids. And therefore, right now, we are doing what many of our um, of our generations above are doing now. And so I think there's a, a good reason probably why we get all along. <laughs> great. That's, it's great. It's so great to be able to do that um, because you learn from the best of the best in that way. They take you under their wing and you can simultaneously mentor back too. There's reverse mentoring that happens too because you know a lot of the people that we get along so well with are craving too to continue keeping up with what's happening amongst younger generations and, and so there's that mutual benefit along the way. Certainly. So Tiffany, you also in your book, you write that networking can sometimes seem transactional. And I 100% agree. There's a certain way to do it that to make it not transactional. Um, you know, it should be more of a collaboration based on friendship, you say. And now this is really important. I'm going to like, this is a really important question for me because I feel a very strong connection with you, something that I really want to keep going, something that I, I, like, if we don't talk again, this is going to suck. If this is transactional, you know what I mean? Uh, Like, I really want to build this, this friendship with you. You know what I mean? So how, how do you go about, 
doing that? What does that look like? Yeah, I think I, you know, that's one of my favorite parts of the book is to point out that, that I don't believe in networking. I don't believe in, in transactional relationships. I believe in true, genuine, authentic friendships. And a friendship is one that thrives organically, that um, thrives because, you know, each person genuinely wants to provide support to one another and thinks of the other at different times um, and wants to continue lending, you know, their support and, and, and good thoughts and good vibes. So anyways, all along the way, uh, throughout my whole entire life, I always approached every single person that I met in this way, in a, in a way whereby we could become friends. And because of that friendship, one day, um, many partnerships would potentially arise and collaborations, but I never thought about it in that way. I just wanted at the end of the day to have a really strong friendship with each person that I got to know. So, you know, I think then thereafter keeping in touch and finding ways to continue to connect and be, you know, involved together in different things along the way is what probably always going to enable every friendship to thrive, no matter the distance and no matter the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about our friendship. I know we will keep in touch many times throughout the coming weeks and years. 100%. Yeah, we shared some, we, sh we got vulnerable with each other, you know? And that's so important. That's, that's really the basis for connection, vulnerability. I've been figuring that out lately in, in my life. I'm sure you figured it out maybe a long time ago. I heard, I heard you talking about um, vulnerability or, or, or you know, mogul. Mogul is based on, you know, sharing your struggles and challenges, not just your, not just Instagram, like posting everything perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I've started to come to a point where I don't even like to go on Instagram anymore. I yeah. actually think I started to prevent myself from checking out people's Insta stories because everyone was starting to use even that format for posting like the most beautiful highlights of their lives. And it can cause, you know, a lot of like mental health issues and people, I feel like I've read that research recently that like Instagram is one of the most um, guilty of creating negative feelings amongst teenagers and, um, and subsequent issues thereafter, you know, for their emotional health, et cetera. So I totally see that when I read that research, I was like, yeah, I totally see that. And I definitely don't want to contribute to that issue or problem. So started like posting less and et cetera, accessing the platform less. Mogul, on the other hand, definitely, everyone's encouraged to share their biggest struggles and raw challenges and issues. And from that, there's such warmth and support from the community to help each other. So I think that's really beautiful. And a reason why a lot of people tell us that Mogul is, for example, if they're a parent, they tell us that they're, it's the only platform that they've let their teenage daughter go on to. Or, you know, um, and that's always a huge compliment. The fact that we're the only social platform that a lot of parents allow for their kids, for example. Not that we're for just kids, obviously. We're, our core demographic is actually 18 to 34. So a lot of young men and women use a mobile platform too in order to gain support and accelerate themselves. But yeah, it's not the highlights. It's everything else. Certainly, yes. Tiffany, I want to make sure everyone gets your book. Uh, where, can, where can we find that? I actually, well, I'll tell them. Or I've, I actually, I just, I got it in Barnes & Noble uh, last week. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and you can get it on Amazon as well. Amazon, IndieBound, Books a Million. Um, it's in probably most local bookstores across the nation. 
and just became a national bestseller this past month and also is currently I think ranked one of the top 10 best-selling business books in the U.S. at the moment which is exciting. Heck yeah it's a real good book you are a mogul and and you know what got me about it I when I when I had first picked it up I thought like I was like oh it's only you know it's only for women but actually it's it's and but you had said like oh it's relatable to to men as well like it's you know it's equally it, it's good for men and I was like yeah yeah okay I'll see for myself and it actually was like I actually I actually like the book you know what I mean and I, I'm a I'm a guy and you know what I mean it's so it's cool it's a really good book thank you I'm so happy to hear that and definitely my message and Mogul's mission and message is all about all inclusion we're driving towards equality for all you know and ultimately our messaging and the book's message is for all and so i think it's exciting that um we can ensure that we create the most impact possible on everyone's lives together in this way yeah so tiffany i want to acknowledge you for a second before i get to my final question i want to acknowledge you for being open with me and, and being vulnerable with me and for your friendship and for just, I see this light, I see this light inside of you, you know, you're, you're very, you're, you're gentle, like in a good way. I, you're just a very, I can see you're a very kind human being. I can see it in your, in your body language and your facial expressions. I can, in your smile right now, I see you smiling right now. You're just, you're, you're a very kind human being. I, I, your loving kindness shows it exudes in everything you say and do. Well, thank you so much. You're so special and I'm so excited to see all the success you're going to have all throughout your life that you already have and you will continue to have because you have something really intangibly like an X factor in you too. And I'm excited to see everything that you're doing. Much love to you, Tiffany. Much love. So my final question is what does life beautifully designed look like to you? Life beautifully designed to me is a life whereby I'm fulfilling a, my passions and purpose and why, but surrounded by my loved ones and family. That's most important of all. I wouldn't even consider the first if I couldn't have the second. Mm. Um, you know, my father always says to me that he's so proud of me, not because I'm the most successful girl, the richest girl or anything like that. It would never be because of that. He's proud of me because all throughout any of this, I've always been a good daughter. And I think that's what I'm proudest of, is that no matter what, I've always been able to be his daughter and, you know, and give back to my loved ones, give back to my family, give back to the community and the world. So I never want to forget that. And I think that would be my life beautifully designed, just to be in a life whereby I never forgot that. And I was always that. Tiffany Pham, you've been an amazing guest and I can't wait for our next conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Jordan. And definitely let me know the next time in New York. We'd love to see you in person. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. And if you enjoyed this one today, make sure you subscribe if you have not already, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And make sure to leave an honest review as well. When you leave a review, we grow. We spread this message of growth even further. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, then you can go ahead and get my book, 
Growth Mindset University, which is available on Amazon. And by getting this book, you're not just supporting me and this channel, but you're also getting a book that's going to lay out the rules and principles for you to creatively and effectively design your life full of joy and fulfillment. Whatever that looks like to you, it's going to be a life filled with purpose. All right. Now, thank you for listening today. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.